0: My life has never been the same. In those early years, he simply baffled me. I'd look at him and wonder, who are you? What are you about? And yet being with him has forever changed my life. I don't look at things or people or situations the way I used to. Jesus had this way about him of asking a question or retelling a story that made you stop and listen. Listen from a different perspective. In fact, when I or the others would ask him a question, he would actually not answer, which rabbis were expected to do. In fact, he would tell us a story or ask us a question. As we listened to his story or to our answers, there would emerge within us a profound sense of what was right, of what was of God. You know, when he turned his face to Jerusalem, we were a couple months away. I was initially excited. I thought Jerusalem, the holy city, holy Zion, God's dwelling place on earth in the synagogue. I could think of no more holy place to be on earth than that place. But as the weeks unfolded and we were getting closer, I became more and more uneasy. A couple of occasions Jesus actually spoke as Jerusalem as the the place where the Son of Humanity, that was the title that we referred to as the coming Messiah, would be handed over to the authorities. Sometimes we wondered, talking amongst ourselves, was he talking about himself? Or was there another who was to come? When we cut through Samaria, however, that's when I began to wonder, Jews didn't travel Through Samaria so why were we there then outside Sychar by by Jacob's well he sent us into the town to find out if we could get some food and when we came back we found him talking to a woman and a Samaritan woman at that he always knew how to push my buttons I remember all of us looking at one another thinking in amazement what are we doing here what is he doing Did we say anything? No. We simply watched and listened, and in our listening we saw how gentle and yet strong and honest he was with her. She wasn't unclean to him. He didn't care that the man she was living with wasn't her husband. He cared about her. He cared about us. Jesus had this wonderful gift of listening with, the, with his heart instead of his head. How many times I wish that were true for me. I'm pretty headstrong and fairly stubborn. After Zikar, as we continued our way to Jerusalem, going for preparations of the Passover, we began seeing powers in him that we hadn't seen before. I remember that day when he learned that his dear friend Lazarus had died the brother of Mary and Martha. We received news of his death, but Jesus waited a couple days before we traveled to Bethany. This puzzled all of us. Then at the tomb of his friend, he simply spoke the name Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. And he came out of the tomb, all bound up. None of us knew what to do, but all of us were bewildered. There were some of the leaders of the synagogue there. I was watching them. They looked really upset, almost angry. Maybe they too were astonished, but not for the same reasons that we were. We were afraid, tentative, because in that moment all twelve of us knew, or we thought we knew, that he was probably the Messiah. I think the leaders were afraid because they too knew, but he wasn't the kind of messiah they were expecting, much less did they want. I've often wondered now, all these years after those days in Jerusalem, did those in power really want a messiah? Do those in power really ever want a messiah? After the raising of Lazarus, it became clear that Jesus needed to withdraw for a while. So we went with him into the wilderness near the village of Ephraim. As the Passover was getting closer, we set our sights on the royal city. And this time we stopped again in Bethany at the home of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And this time we had a wonderful meal together. You know, one thing about Jesus is that he welcomed everyone everyone to sit at table with him. Rabbis didn't do this, but he did. You know, to have someone sit at table with you, like he did long ago when he and I first met when I was working for the Romans collecting taxes, that offer to join him at table told everyone, including me, that I was welcomed, accepted, that I was loved, who I am not what I did he knew what he was doing it was in Bethany during dinner when Mary took that costly oil and anointed Jesus feet and wiped them with her hair boy did that get Iscariot going Judas was hot ticked he wanted to sell the oil to buy food for the poor at least that's what he told us but you know we were the poor And what happened during that moment was sacred. There was something pure, holy about it. Then the rabbi said something very odd. Leave her alone. Let her keep it for the day of my burial. The poor you will have with you always, but you will not always have me. I had no idea what this meant. How I wish I had listened to those words more closely. But none of us did. The next day, we were right outside Jerusalem. We were going down from the Mount of Olives into one of the gates, and we had heard that on the west side of the city, the Roman governor, Pilate, he too was entering the city. But as we approached, many people cut palm trees and threw them in front of us, on the road yelling, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of our God! Hosanna in the highest! And when I heard them crying, Hosanna, which means save us, that's a prayer, I remember what Jesus said months and months earlier when he was crying, lamenting over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, he said, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who were sent to it. How often have I desired to gather you, your children, together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. And I tell you, he said, you will not see me until that time when they say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of our God. That's when I really got concerned. Was this to be his last week? I quickly buried those thoughts within me. I couldn't deal with it. There was too much for me. How I wish I had. Would things have been different? It's been five years now after those horrific, life-wrenching, life-changing days in Jerusalem. How I wish I had listened better. But the events unfolded probably the way they were supposed to, even with my denial in the courtyard. I was so afraid. I was so afraid when they asked if I knew him. And I denied him. And he had changed my name to Petros Rock. Yes, some rock. One thing I remember about my rabbi, my teacher, is that he was a servant. He served God, but he also served us. He was always about emptying himself, giving himself away. No, he didn't take himself too seriously, but he took us seriously. He loved God, oh my God, how he loved God with his heart and soul and mind and strength. And that is his invitation to me as well as I continue to reflect on his teachings. How might I give myself away out of love that I might love like he did? How might I give myself away out of love and trust God like he did? How might I give myself away in love and serve those around me like he did with all his heart his strength, his mind, and his soul. This is what I remember during this week that you call holy. I remember his love for me. I remember his love for others. I remember his passionate love for God. His whole life was about offering a new way for us to live, a new way to love freely. With no strings attached. His whole message was one of deep respect for one another, for our enemies, for ourselves, even for myself. He longed for me to say no to my fears and yes to my life. And you know, this invitation is for you as well. What do you remember?